0: You know, Ricky, breaking up with a girlfriend can be a a very painful thing, but it it don't have to keep you down for long. I mean, let me tell you something from my own personal experience. And I never had a a regular girlfriend like you, but I did get kicked in the balls once by a mule. Now, I, I thought I would be hurting for the rest of my life. Do you know what happened the very next week? Well, uh, my mama died. <laughs> Hell, after that, I didn't care no more about my balls hurting. You see what I'm getting at? everybody I'm Joel Murphy and I'm Andy McIntyre and this is Silver Linings Playback the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings and let's all breathe a
1: collective sigh of relief because we've gotten to the end of May we've gotten through our comedy sequel month celebrating the sequel the start of the sequel to our first year doing this podcast (sighs)
0: uh, <sighs> we did it. Yeah, the sophomore slump month is over. And we ended with Major League Two. Which uh
1: marginal rule breaker uh for the rest of these, because all of the other movies were solely part twos. This one they did make that back to the minors spin off semi sequel, so we're not gonna count
0: it. Um but I also but this- feel like that was like that was later and it didn't have the same cast. Like right. it, it was it was more of a spin-off, I feel like, than a than a true sequel. Right, exactly. It's not I mean it, it
1: had Corbin Burnson and um Takaachi, or Takaaki Ishibashi as uh reprising their roles, but that was I think about it.
0: Well and look, since you mentioned him and since uh May is Asian American and Pacific Islander month. Let's just right at the top before we talk about anything else in this movie. Yeah, let's get this out of the way. Talk about, look, th- this is a horribly offensive, terrible caricature of an Asian character. And it it's bad.
1: Yeah, I would say like second to maybe long duck dong in degree of offensiveness.
0: Yeah, it's, it's bad. He is nothing but a cartoon character of stereotypes. Yeah, it's like, because it is an actual
1: Japanese man, uh, it's not as bad as Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, but at the same time, it is like, it was offensive for the time, I feel like, even for the mid-90s, that was that was offensive stuff.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, the 80s are still really bad for this stuff. The 90s, it was starting to finally, you know, be less. I won't even say go away, because you can still find that stuff, but Yeah, it's bad, and we're acknowledging that. It's not good. Uh, Also, hey, while we're at this part, uh, the Cleveland's mascot and name, also not good. No, but that's changing soon. That is changing. They announced that it'll change, uh, I think, next season, right? Much like the Washington football team. They haven't announced what the name will be, but they've announced plans. I still cannot believe that they've
1: spent a full season as the Washington football team.
0: Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I guess that's better though. Right. Than Cleveland was just like, we're going to change it, but we're still going to keep using it. We're finally acknowledging that this is offensive, but we're going to use it for another year while we figure it out. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Neither yeah. is good. Yeah. I don't know what the writing, I mean, it's been a few years since they used the like very racist stereotype, Indian logo. Yeah, like that's, but that guy's been gone for a while, which is step one. That Because
0: that logo is very bad. It's very bad. Yeah. And it's, it's bad, too, because it's bad. And then if you ever see, like, the even older logo, it's worse. Yeah. Like, the one in this movie is actually, there's a worse version of it that's older. Right. So, you know, anyway, just wanted to acknowledge all of that. Very bad. No, it, it's yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pedro Serrano is probably not great either, if we're just... No, he's not outstanding. Yeah. So, just all of that. So, we, we've acknowledged all of that. Uh, not good. Uh, all reasons to malign this movie. That's also not very good.
1: Um, Speaking of Pedro Serrano, uh, I feel like this is a good time to make a callback to a
0: previous episode. Uh, what if Shaq had played that part? I, I mean, it's interesting. I also... I'll just... I mean, I... I love Dennis Haysbert, and he's great yeah. in this role. I, I'll i say this. What, what if Dennis Haysbert had played Steel? Right. That's what we talked about. We yeah. talked about
1: the, uh, like, what if we just flip-flopped Dennis Haysbert and Shaq for different movies?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, that's our that. spin-off podcast, Haysbert or Shaq, mm-hmm. that we're, I, we're eventually going to come
0: out with. I would love to see uh, Shaq do some some all-state commercials. Yeah. Or be the president on 24. Might as well be.
1: Yeah. Why not? Um. Anyways, Major League Two uh, is a malign sequel to a... I feel okay calling Major League a classic.
0: I very much, with all of the caveats that we just did, and with an extra caveat to say that the uh, Tom Barringer love story is also incredibly problematic. He is stalking and possibly going to kill Rene Russo in that first movie, just to acknowledge I mean, she's not in this movie, so... She's in a scene. She showed up in a scene, but we don't know that it wasn't under duress because it was very quick. Uh, But no, he stalks her for that whole movie and breaks into several homes that she lives in. It's not good. But all of that being said, I do really love the movie Major League, and I, I actually think that it is probably in the it's got to be like top five sports movies ever made sports movies period yeah
1: interesting i put it there that's that's a conversation for another podcast but
0: well i've said it and i stand by it i think it's better than most of the baseball movies including the ones that get all the credit for being great baseball movies a la field of dreams i like field of dreams but i don't even think field of dreams is a much of a baseball pride movie. of the Yankees. Yeah, but I think it's better than all those other ones. Uh, Major League is great. It's great. And and maybe relevant, I mean we should I mean I'm sure we'll talk about Major League a bit, but I one thing that struck me is like cuz I rewatched Major League before I watched this, and the end of Major League is great. Like mm-hmm. the the actual like last game that they play is very well executed where it's this combination of character moments like every character that we care about gets a character moment and it all works together and it's that thing too where it's like when vaughn strikes the guy out that that feels like and it's funny because when we get to this movie yeah give him the heater ricky uh (laughs) but uh that is really fun to do um that feels like that could have been the end, and this movie definitely felt that was enough to be the end and it didn't need to do more. But then there's like a whole bottom of the ninth in that movie that's also really satisfying with uh, you know, uh I, I keep I just wanna call him Tom Beringer because his name is just Jake. So he's he Jake, the, Taylor. Yeah, Jake Taylor. Yeah, Jake Taylor is very, name ever. Yeah, it's a very forgettable name. But but you have all this stuff with him and Willie Mays Hayes like and just like all of the other characters get to do cool stuff in right. the last game and th- this time it's just vaughn and he uh walks someone at the end which was stupid i don't know why it's a bad play it's really bad and i don't know why you didn't just write it in a way that he had to also strike that guy out or something
1: yeah because he intentionally walks him now you could make the argument Baseball strategy wise. I I don't know why we're talking about this, but putting a runner on first and second
0: creates a force at any base to get that third out. But he's, his plan is to strike him out. I actually, that's one of the better bits of comedy when Bob Uker goes like, clearly what he's thinking here is, I don't know what he's thinking. (laughs) Like when he tries to justify it, like that was actually pretty decent. Yeah.
1: So let's malign this thing for a little bit. Um, I think this movie, similar to Ghostbusters 2, one of the biggest problems with this movie is that it's not Major League.
0: Yeah, but there are, unlike Ghostbusters 2, there are some other very big oh, problems sure. in this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Well, okay, so let's get into this. Maybe this is a good way to think about it, too. Because, yes, there's just that problem in general that Major League is good and it's going to... That's the That's been the problem the whole month. It's very difficult to do a sequel to a comedy. yeah uh, <laughs> But
1: uh, But I feel like you could pull it off with a... I feel like you have a better shot with a
0: sports movie. You have a better shot with a sports movie. Like, so here's the problems that this movie inherited. Um, What it was doing was... The the structure of Major League is great. So great, in fact, that a fantastic television show called Ted Lasso pretty much just copied the structure of Major League. And I don't say that to begrudge it because I think that was smart. And I think it works really well for Ted Lasso. But the idea is woman who doesn't want the team and has, you know, reasons to want to see them fail, decides to just tank it like she's going to put together a a sport, a professional sports franchise with the hopes that the team will lose. And in, in Major League, the plot is because she wants to move the team and she's trying to get the attendance down low enough. And it's this thing where they figure that out. In the end of Major League, and then that actually becomes what rallies the team together. That's the spark that they need. And part of the logic is this is our only shot because if we do well enough, she'll just fire us all and then replace us with worse players and continue to do this plan. Which, like, good movie logic, right? Then they win, and then you want to do a sequel. So now the question is how and the movie almost comes up with something which is like well we have this character from the first movie he's really rich in the first movie so what if he buys the team because he wouldn't want to break them up and see them fail but then he buys them at a really inflated price and then can't afford them and then sells them back to the woman who this time doesn't seem to have a plan she just okay i bought the team back and now i don't like them but i'm not trying to make them lose i'm just watching them and being mad so you took the antagonist from the first film and just completely removed all the teeth yeah she's she's just there because she was in the first movie but she's not trying to do anything she doesn't have a new plan she doesn't even have the same plan she just exists this time yeah She's in the movie. Yeah, she's in the movie for no reason.
1: Yeah, that's so I think that sort of gets to a bigger, sort of more of a a macro maligning for this movie.
0: Also, sorry, it took me all of five seconds to think of this. What if she bought one of the rival teams? Like, what if she bought, uh, what is it, Chicago, right? Like, Yeah. What if she bought them? Storied franchise Chicago White
1: Sox that win all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, they're great. But you know what I mean? What if she used all the money that she got from Corbin Burnson to just, like, buy their rivals. Right. To crush yeah. them. That would have been a better use of her.
1: No. there. Yeah, 100%. I don't disagree whatsoever. Yeah, it just occurred uh, to me just now with the five minutes of thinking about it. But I mean, you clearly spent as much or more time than some of the writers on this movie. No, but I think that gets Which, to a bigger...
0: Also worth noting, same writers as the first movie. Same yeah. guy wrote and directed this movie and the last one. Just worth noting. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. Even worse than Ghostbusters 2, like this movie is just defanged in every way. And it's not just moving it from an R to a PG. It's taking away any real complications necessarily. Um. All of it. It just removes all the teeth. Like, I like the general premise that now the team, now that they've had success, like they're kind of resting on their laurels a little bit and have lost their their
0: spunk. Like, I will, I like, I will I like op- that as a premise. I will openly say the instincts of what they're doing with Vaughn are right. I think it all makes sense that he had success. He immediately has sold out, he's lost everything that gave him the edge before and just wants to buy in, wants to be famous. All of that's great. That is a really solid instinct. I'll even say the idea to have Jake who, because his whole, which by the way, like, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if like contract wise, he only agreed to be in a certain amount of the movie, but considering he was the protagonist of the last movie, he seems very, underused this time around and i'm not really sure why but the instinct to be like okay well you got to come out for spring training but you're getting like you get the red slip like you're you're cut but we want you to stay on as a coach that's all really good those are great again great instincts for what to do with that character but then he doesn't do anything what how is he as a coach is he better or worse than the previous coach does he have a different style does he have a style i i honestly don't know he does he did more coaching in the last movie than he does in this movie and he ends up like basically taking over as the manager yeah but he doesn't outside of like one really lazy bad speech that's been done better in 50 other movies he doesn't really do anything as the manager
1: no and this movie plays fast and loose with the rules of baseball they're like subbing in batter's mid at bat and yeah yeah. putting pinch runners on that are already in the like in the game and there's just a bunch of lazy stuff like that that's going on too
0: yeah yeah i I, like all of that yeah the fact that like yeah willie mays hayes can he can pinch run for someone else but still be a batter later how does that even work like yeah that's against the rules of baseball yeah Uh, which again, like you can, you can get around the rules. Like there's no rules that says like a dog can't play baseball, but there are rules that say one player can't both be a regular hitter and a pinch runner. Right. Yeah.
1: That the pinch runner has to come from the bench and the player that is
0: pinch run for is out of the game. But it doesn't say that that pinch runner can't be a dog. That's that's, true. That's clear. That is
1: 100% accurate. Yeah. That's what this movie was missing was like a dog to be the the secret weapon.
0: I think if I read correctly, I'm pretty sure this movie came out around the same time as Rookie of the Year, which was one of those like ridiculous premise movies where it was like a, a kid who broke his arm and that allowed him to throw the ball real fast. Yeah, you know, the way his tendons healed, he had a lightning arm. Yeah, which if you've never seen it, uh, contains the iconic line that I, is always number one on any of those like top movie quotes of all time lists. Uh right after like I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. That's usually two. And the number one is always pitchers got a big butt. From, yeah that's from, a classic from Ruggia, that's yeah. that is good stuff yeah. also um just as we're just throwing out trivia if people don't know i found this really interesting i was looking at the imdb stuff this movie went head to head with d2 the mighty duck sequel they both opened on the same weekend estevez versus estevez as yeah. charlie sheen went up against his brother Emilio, and this movie was number one at the box office it it won
1: but I would say history has been kinder to D2, The Mighty Ducks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Disney Plus isn't uh, making a series based on Major League. No. And D2 is a really good sequel. It is a good sequel. Yeah. It, people should have seen that. You chose wrong audiences yeah. in, was it, 1994? <laughs> yeah. You, you made a bad choice. Yeah. And you paid um, for it by having to sit through this movie. <laughs> yeah. And paying money for
1: it and not seeing it 25 years later on Stars. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, it's just, they, like, created random backstories, like, the like, Charlie Sheen's love interest in the movie, like, not his girlfriend, but, like, the other girl, they established they had a history, but she was nowhere to be found in the original, and...
0: Well, we don't know, we didn't really see his personal life, outside of the fact that he, uh, sleeps with Corbin Burnson's wife, like, we don't really know what his personal right. life was, so... That's true, but I'm saying... It's retconning. It is retconning. It's retconning. It's really, yeah, but
1: yeah. That's that's the point I'm making. It's um, I don't know. Just everything about this movie is just a little haphazard, a little lazy, a little unfocused.
0: Yeah, it is. Like I said, some of the instincts are good that they're trying to do something different, that they're trying to expand on the world, but everything is poorly executed. All of the characters are used you know just less effectively than they were the last time around you also just we haven't mentioned it yet but it's worth mentioning Wesley Snipes didn't come back and no offense to Omar Epps who seems like a nice person but he's not Wesley Snipes and no it's it, that's a loss to the movie because that character was great in the first movie and he's yeah not as good in this movie yeah Omar Epps is fine he's um, fine but it's just You know, I mean, oh, I like Omar Epps. He wouldn't have been a good Blade. I think we just should be honest about these things. Like, yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would be willing to give him a shot to be Blade. I'd see him
0: test. I'd see the screen test, but it's also weird that he's significantly younger than Wesley Snipes, too. Right, yeah, that he was like 24 when
1: that came out, and yeah. Wesley Snipes was in his late 30s.
0: Yeah, and so he's like noticeably younger than him in a movie that takes place five years later.
1: I, I will say, and I don't know if this goes in this part of the show or the silver linings part of the show, <laughs> but I would watch the hell out of Black Hammer, White Lightning. <laughs> Black White Hammer, Hammer,
0: White Black Lightning. Yeah, that looked good. That looked good. Like, I'm, I'm curious... Willie Mays Hayes and Jesse the Body Ventura kill a bunch of bad guys. It's also... There is a little bit of a glass house situation, right? Of you're you're doing the thing, like the idea is that he was in a bad movie. Well, hey, my friends, this is a bad movie. So your ability to show a contrast between the movie we're watching and that movie, it might not play out as favorably as you're hoping. Because, yeah, definitely had a little bit of that, too, of like, I think I might rather be watching that movie than this one.
1: I mean, that had great lines like, I killed more. Yeah, but mine are deader.
0: Yeah. no <laughs> a good, good action movie line. And apparently it taught him how to do like a crazy leap, you know, it added to his baseball game.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm always going to love appearances of Jesse the body. He's always going to bring a smile to my face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... yeah. This movie, it's, it's it's tries to do everything in like a few degrees different way that Major League did and just does it worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everything's worse. And it's... Even just like when they win it, it felt really hollow. Like I wasn't... I mean, outside of like, you know, it's nice. You, you're a professional sports team. You want to win. But it didn't really seem... It didn't have the same stakes. Like it, winning didn't really feel bigger or the same or, you know, like it was just like, okay, they're winning. You know, they, they made it further in the playoffs this time. You know, they made it to the World Series, but it just like doesn't... I don't know, because yeah. there's no antagonist. There's no there's just mainly the the one guy that played on their team and then gets traded is really the only person they want to beat. But there's not even enough with him.
1: Right. Even if they'd went to more of like a man versus self conflict for this movie. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, even if they just said it's like, you know, listen, last year we were trying to win to stick it to the old ma- owner this year. Let's win for us. Let's win to, you know, show
0: that we belong, that it wasn't a fluke. Let's win for us. Or again, she could have owned the rival team and that would have given the reason. Or yeah, if you want to do the man, like you could have even, again, I think all the pieces were there with Vaughn. I just don't think it was well executed in that, like, what if he's not as good of a pitcher because he's not focusing on pitching? What if he's doing all of this celebrity stuff? He's going on Jay Leno and he's like doing commercials and stuff and that's taking away and you have that conflict earlier so that he has to actually put the time in to be good again, but then he's not sure if he can be.
1: And then it matters when he gets called in to, to relieve in the world series and he gets this, gets the winning strikeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, uh. Also, shall we pivot? Oh, no, no,
0: No, no. Okay, good. I know what you're going to talk about. No, we shall not pivot until we talk about the character of Rube, who I do not like. That's fair. (laughs) I just, I I mean, I get what you're trying to do. And look, Woody Boyd is a great character on (laughs) Cheers. I love him. Write that, though. If that's what you want to do, be funnier. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did have, like... This opening scene. That's the scene that made me laugh, was, yeah. was that scene.
1: But he's... Like, mo- him not being able to throw the ball back to the mound, no way does he get to the majors if that's the case.
0: Well, also, so now you have a problem. So, again, this is the premise of the second movie versus the premise of the first movie. One of the things I think the first movie does great is she's trying to tank the team. So there's a number of people that it's like... But she also doesn't want people to know she's tanking the team. So it's like guys who, on the surface look talented but when you dig a little bit deeper it's like oh that's why you know why didn't this guy make it like you know Serrano can't hit the curve yeah Serrano can't hit the curve uh you know Vaughn has an amazing fastball but he has no control uh with Jake he's old and his knees are bad you know so like every guy you can go and even with like Willie Mays Hayes he's really fast at running but he's he can't like he can't hit he can't hit so every guy has a like you know, there's, you know, like a Picasso (laughs) quality. Like when you look at them up close, like it does, you know, like it doesn't quite, you understand why none of them are being picked up by other teams and why you can get away with putting them on your team, you know, but while they're not good, they're good now. And their owner wants to win. Why would this terrible catcher be on the team? Especially when, yeah, Jake's knees are bad, but he's great. And also you have a superstar catcher, who can just right, be the catcher. Parkman. Yeah.
1: And granted, you need a backup catcher, but that could be Jake Jake Taylor. Yeah.
0: Or you give him a different problem. Right. Yeah. One that makes more sense. <laughs> like that isn't 50% of his job. Because as a catcher, you really have pretty much two jobs. You have to catch the ball and then you have to throw it back to the pitcher. That's pretty much everything you're asked to do in a game. So if you can't do... I mean, there's more, but like those. There's are the... a lot more. The catching is one of the toughest positions in baseball. But okay, but if you stick with me for this particular point, I'm trying to
1: make. If we lazily and haphazardly deal with this, much in the way that Major League Two, lazily based on and the haphazardly... rules
0: of Major League Two, where your team only has two pitchers anyway, <laughs> you know, <Right>. like where <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot about the, but anyway, it's. The things that you I'll put it this way, there's not the whole job, but the things you do the most throughout a game are catch the ball and then throw it back to the pitcher. Right. That's, they are essential to the job of catching. Yeah, they're the fundamentals. They are the things that you shouldn't have to think about. You could be bad at catching pop flies, you could be bad at um I don't know, calling the pitches. You could be bad yeah, at a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's things. the thing pitchers pitchers or catchers do. There's other things. Yeah. He could be distracted. I don't know. But yeah, like the idea that he can't throw the ball back to the pitcher is a big problem.
1: You could muff like fastballs or like you can't track curves catching, like something like that, that might, you might not notice. Yeah. There's things they could do. Um, although I I know people are going to get in the comments and say, well, well, he was actually based on a catcher for the Mets who had a bad habit of double pumping before he threw back to the mound. So people would steal on him. Yeah. But it's,
0: this was way too exaggerated for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's like you could point out the fact that, like, when Serrano hits a bird, that that happened in a real baseball game, but that guy didn't stop running the bases to go pick the bird up to make sure it was okay.
1: Right. And that was a pitcher, Randy Johnson, and it is the greatest thing that's ever happened <laughs> yes, in sports.
0: It is great. If you've never, find that on YouTube. Yeah, it's great.
1: <laughs> he, he just explodes a pigeon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it's wind up pitch, puff of feathers. It is
0: unbelievable. But yeah, so I mean, I think these are all the reasons. And then like just, yeah, the so the new additions oh, aren't... Oh, go ahead. I have an, we'll keep going,
1: but I have another thing I want to malign because we can't let it go either.
0: Okay, well, I was just going to say, the, the new addition, the new characters are all bad. Um, yes. And we don't spend enough time with the old characters. And the old characters don't have logical storylines. Again, I can see what they were trying to do with Vaughn and I can see what they were trying to do with Jake. But just absolutely... Uh, poorly done. I'll say they do Corbin Burnson dirty. Like, he was an interesting character in the first movie. He is a sad joke in this movie, which he was, like, kind of a douchebag in the first movie, but he made sense as a person. Right.
1: And you can do the angle where he is ill-suited for the task of being a Major League Baseball team owner. hmm That's very plausible.
0: Yeah. But not like but, the idea that he didn't really think it through before he bought the team about how much money he was spending and then like i just he doesn't make any sense as an owner also it's like the amount of money that you have to have to buy a team versus how much money you would have being a player are vastly different like he'd have to have a lot of money to yeah buy very team. few players go on to become especially majority owners right a lot of times players might like get involved with like an ownership group and buy a minority stake in a team but the idea that a player based on the money they made as a player especially one who wasn't that good by like who like the first movie tells you was overpaid the idea that he would be able to buy the team outright is pretty wild
1: yeah um no, so the the other thing I don't want to let go to malign about this movie is Randy Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about him was annoying and stupid and oh, bad. I thought you were
0: just gonna stop. I like I mean, yes, but obviously I wasn't talking about the movie yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause I I I think we would have been good to just be if you were just like Randy Quaid and then we just like gave a few seconds to let everybody know. No, everything about him is annoying, stupid, and bad, and he's well, also in this movie. Yeah, like I'll even give them this Which is way too much credit And they don't deserve it He's good at being a fan I don't like You know like he's mm-hmm. His own friends don't want to hang out with him By the end of the movie Like I I think what you're one, there's way too much of him cut that part way too much down signature. because also there's like, there are fan characters in the original movie, but they don't have like the amount of screen time that he has, which is Neil Flynn is a great. That was
1: his first movie role. The janitor yeah. from scrubs is yeah. great as one of the fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has way too much screen time, but like he's terrible and he, but like, You know that fan. You know the Fairweather fan who's who's really loud and obnoxious and who turns on the team when they're doing bad and then is going to cheer for them when they're good. But then do something with that. Like, he's just terrible. Again, I don't think there are actual character arcs in this movie. There's just characters that do things and then the movie happens. The closest thing is that,
1: Vo- that charlie sheen finds his mojo and is able to throw good pitches again charlie
0: sheen comes the closest to having a well-written <laughs> like character arc uh but e- but even him it's still it's still pretty lazy and it's still all, all of that has been done better elsewhere oh for sure including the movie basketball <laughs> yeah yeah i said it i watched uh, definitely Base- no 100 <laughs> yeah same plot line better written Yep.
1: Yeah. So let's pivot and and find some silver linings to this turd of a movie. Bob Euchre. We did it. Bob
0: Euchre. Oh.
1: <laughs> All right, everybody.
0: Have a good week. Good night. <laughs> no,
1: no, um, I want to even take that a step further and say, uh, when I was watching this movie a couple nights ago, I texted Joel and I said, the silver lining of this movie is Bob Euchre's jacket in the opening day oh. scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is louder than anything anything any professional wrestler has ever worn ever and it is awesome
0: yeah it's also it's almost become like it's a meme and it's it's become pretty cliched uh, on like twitter recently to do the like so and so always understands the assignment or whatever but like bob uecker knew what was asked of him in these movies he knows this character and He is as pivotal to the success of Major League as any other person in it, and Mm -hmm. is still the only person giving a Major League level performance in Major League Two. (laughs) Like,
1: yeah, no, he's he's great start to finish, like, all of his cheesy one liners
0: land hard. Um, it's yeah and i the dynamic of him and the other guy who doesn't talk is still like it's it was it's funny great. to me in the last movie it's still funny in this movie i like and again that's from the first major league but they, they don't call him the best color guy in the business for nothing is <laughs> just like no it's really funny that they just harry doyle is like has a partner that i you don't know why he's there right cuz harry
1: doyle does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. No, Bob Euchre is, I mean, it's still better in Major League, but it's really good here.
0: No, he's fun. And when he just, start, like, because they also, the thing that they heightened in this movie that they realized from the first one is when he gives up, it's always funny. So just to have him, like, getting drunk during games yeah, in this movie. just hammer drunk. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, Bob Euchre, his outfits would yeah. not look out of place on Macho Man Randy Savage or Classy Freddie Blassie. They're
0: great. No, Bob Uecker is great in in this movie. He he really he's so great and they know that he's so great that they just lazily use him to recap the first movie in the first 10 minutes and it works because he's great. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. A couple of the gags work. I mean, there's a couple of funny there's a couple of funny bits. I, you know, it's, it's dumb, but I will admit that I like the, the coach. I can't remember his name, but the, the like grizzled manager from the first movie who, who again is not given enough to do. James Gammon is the actor. Lou Brown is the character. Yeah. uh, Him being in the hospital. And pretending so, so good pretending to watch like a stuffy british drama a but actually theater ask pbs but secretly listening to the game and getting really into it and then selling that he's really into the british thing it's funny i'm sorry it's a good I, gag no that is a good yeah, gag yeah i that works for me like i found that very funny
1: well and especially because like the nursing staff like they're just they know that he's not actually into the thing but they're just oh. tolerating it like it's played right on all accounts and that yes. is, that is a good gag
0: yeah no it's just yeah it's good all around i will also say and i am trying to find his name real quick and maybe you have it but the guy who is the villain uh, think, david keith as uh, parkman yeah jack parkman david keith he's great he he looks very menacing he understands who like I know who that guy is. That guy, like again, he is the most one-dimensional of villains. Uh, but you don't need a multi-dimensional villain for this type of movie. No, yeah, he's he's good. Like he, well, like well cast, well done. Like I still
1: he, think they, I, hindsight being twenty twenty or whatever, I think they should have had one of the Yankees get signed, and yeah. be on the team. That probably would have been the better move. Yes.
0: Yeah, if you they actually get brought one back of the actors or something. Yeah, bring back the guy from the first movie that uh Vaughn has a problem with, like who can't, you know, who he needs to strike out. Because you're basically doing the same thing from the first movie, but just like have that guy be on their team for a while and then leave right. their team again. Uh but yeah, I thought that guy was good. Um I I will look, it's cheating because it's technically from Major League, but it's just reused there. But I I, I pulled the clip for it from the beginning. Pennant fever is a great piece of music. like oh the, yeah, the, like just it is great. It's it is so ingrained in my my head that it will work for me every time you play it. Like it's a great piece of of sports music. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's really good. A lot of the other music in this that I could tell was new for this movie. not very good. Like the the overall score in this, not, not great, but they, they brought back Pennant Fever because how could you not? And it's a fantastic piece of music. Yeah, I'll agree with
1: that. I think, I mean, we already talked about the hospital scene, but I love James Gammon as a character actor. I think he's just,
0: he does one thing, but he does it really well. Well, and he is great casting for this part. Like, just fantastic. Like, he... You know, I don't think you could cast it better. Like, I don't think there's a guy who could play better what he's playing. No. Um, We already said we like Haysbert. I always like Haysbert. His plotline is very stupid in this movie. It's really stupid. But he is good, and I... But he throws himself into it. He throws himself into it, and I... I will say this doesn't justify any of it but man like seeing these movies as a kid I loved Pedro Serrano so much and I I realize as I'm older that's because of how good Dennis Haysbert is at the part and it it should be a better part he deserves better writing in both movies but man Haysbert is fantastic as Pedro Serrano he was really great um you know like he's he's good like I'm glad that guy's had the long and awesome career that he had including when he yeah. played for the Lakers
1: he won a couple champs with Kobe. Yeah, they didn't get along, but man, when you put them on the floor together, but you know what? Between the whistles, between the end lines, they could they could put it aside and they mm-hmm. could win a couple of boats.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Get those ships, so man. This episode is short, but I don't. Uh, do you got anything else? <laughs> um,
1: Allison Duty is real pretty. Y- yeah. I don't know. I mean. That's That's, something.
0: Yeah. She's better in Last Crusade, but I will also I'll say because of how (laughs) troubling it was to watch the romance like again, not okay. Everybody, look, like we're we're all trying to be better. We're all trying to move forward as a society. We all need to acknowledge that most movies from the nineteen eighties, uh, the protagonist watch them. They're they're dangerous towards women. And a lot of like You watch Revenge of the Nerds, those guys should be in jail. You know, like there's every single one of them. There's a lot of really problematic behavior. And Jake is like, it's like, look, man, when your ex gives you a fake phone number and tells you she doesn't want to see you because she's with someone else, don't break into her house. I don't feel like I should have to say that. But apparently I do, because that's what the hero does in Major League. Uh, yeah. So all that if d- any of our listeners, if that changes your plans, thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah. I, then that's a silver lining that we we got through to you on that. But uh, but yeah, like I, it, this plotline is better. Obviously, they gave the romantic uh, storyline to Vaughn this time around. And it is not like Vaughn is much more respectful in the way that he treats and is true to his character because like he gets like you know tricked in the first movie because like the woman that he hooks up with he doesn't know is like married to his teammate you know right and that he feels horrible about it fun is actually a very good guy and nice to women yeah, uh deep he re- down
1: he's a good person
0: despite being a little rough around the edges and despite being played by charlie sheen <laughs> who by all accounts, not a good guy yeah, towards yeah, women. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, I, the, so the romantic plot line is a lot less problematic this time around, you know? I think that counts. That, is, that does count. Also, Man, what it, the, the? She looks him in the face five seconds after he overhears her being like, "Yeah, he's a sad loser, and I'm gonna dump him because he sucks at baseball now." And then it's like, "I'm just doing a joke with my friend. You heard the funny joke I was doing with my friend about how like I don't want to be with you because you suck. Let's stay together." Sure. Also, don't I'm date not- your your uh, agent. Agent. That's a that's just not smart. I mean that's why I had to make Joel
1: break up with the agent that sells our podcast.
0: Yeah, we man and they were like man, if you knew the agent, just huge, huge Hollywood player. Big but, time. Big time. And with the movie right, we had contracts to make this into a movie. You know, like think about it, Silver Linings Playback, the movie. It was about yeah. it was about Andy and I Instead of, they wanted to do this weird thing where, like, instead of doing a podcast, we were entering a dance competition. But, uh, but like De Niro was attached to it. And yeah, it was a big thing. There was Oscar buzz. And then, you know, they, we had to fire our agent and then the deal fell through. And then they made a subpar knockoff of it with, uh, Bradley Cooper playing Andy and, and Jennifer Lawrence playing me. And I mean, they were fine, but they were all right, but not as good as we would have been. Yeah,
1: not, not even close. Um, God, and Chris Tucker's a sweetheart, and I, I just wish we could have gotten to
0: spend more time working that out, because he's a good dude. Those lunches that we had with Tucker were... <laughs> that was what I look back on the fondest.
1: Dude, I can't eat a spicy chicken sandwich and not think about just Chris Tucker, Chris Tuckering.
0: Matt, and look, it, this is going to sound scary, but it was actually really funny. When when Andy, so Andy was eating the spicy chicken sandwich from Hall and Ray's, and it got lodged in his throat and then chris tucker first of all springs into action saves andy's life but then andy's kind of like gasping for air and tucker's just like you got knocked the fuck out and it was <laughs> man great man just and it, we were even like oh, i thought you didn't even swear anymore you know like i thought you you know but he was like I cleaned up for do for you guys yeah it was yeah man big ups to chris tucker
1: the uh, ruby can- rod stories that he tells oh, god god cool. Yeah, man, some of the cut scenes from that, like just some of his ad libs that didn't make
0: it in that he was sharing with us. Yeah. Gold. That guy's great. Yeah. And he, man, he made you feel like you knew Tiny Lister.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. There's the one time where he was going to, you know, introduce us, but like things fell through. And because, you know, he did two movies with Tiny. He did Jackie Brown and he did uh, Fifth Element and mm-hmm. Friday. Bunch of movies. Oh, well, yeah. With no, Thomas Tiny Lister. Yeah. Yeah, their their careers uh, are
0: really more intertwined than you remember.
1: Yeah, when you think about it. Um, but I don't know. I think I think we need to reflect on this month a little bit because uh, this has been an endurance trial. What did so? What did we learn? We learned that it's hard to do a comedy sequel. Yeah, we might have already known that, but we have empirical evidence that it is hard to make a comedy sequel. Mm-hmm. That. If you have original cast members refusing to return
0: for creative reasons, that's probably because they're smart. Yeah, and also, it's not you think that you can recast the role, but you can't. It's it's not going to work. It's not going to be as good to, to just plug someone else in.
1: Yeah, every I mean, there are a short list of recasts that
0: you know. So Don Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> the one and maggie gyllenhaal those are the two uh right yeah um
1: but it's you know i i think we learned that we can find the silver lining to anything if we were able to find silver linings to blues brothers 2000 caddyshack 2 and garfield the tale of two kitties yeah and the fact that garfield a tale of two kitties was the third best movie we watched this month
0: yeah by a significant margin oh oh yeah well so maybe that's something that we learned that like if bill murray does decide to come back it's gonna be better than if he doesn't you know that's a that's a definite true fact like yeah so if murray comes back for your sequel it doesn't mean it's gonna be good but it's definitely better than if he refuses Right. If he won't come back for your sequel, you should take that as a key sign that maybe don't make
1: the sequel. Because he came back for a Zombieland Double Tap, even. Yeah, and it was better for it. It was better for the Bill Murray cameo. Yeah. So he's actually done three sequels.
0: I know. I was just realizing that as you were saying that. That yeah. Does that count? Because the, those are cameo. They're, those aren't starring roles. But
1: no, they're not starring. I'm going to say they don't count. Yeah. Because he just did it because he's buds with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And man, would I love to hang out with Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Woody Harrelson, who was hanging out with Wesley Snipes and making White Man Can't Jump instead of making the sequel. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Better choice. Woody Harrelson, who Rube Baker was clearly modeled after. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's something else we learned. You're never that far away from Woody Harrelson. Like, he's, he's always... And if a... you can get to Woody, get to Woody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also that uh, that Venom Welcome the Carnage or whatever trailer is wild.
1: Yeah, it's bananas.
0: Yeah. We'll probably be doing that in a few months. Yeah, I have to watch Venom first. But then after I do that, then we can watch that and yeah. also do it. All I can say is
1: that uh, I hope we get through next month pretty fast because I'm just furious about the topic.
0: Well... I, you know, I'd love to do that, but I have a feeling that we're only going to get through next month a quarter mile at a time. Stay tuned. <laughs> Family.
1: Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. And we give our stamp of Curioso approval to the podcast that you're listening to right now.